Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. We're so glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. It's Jeff and DW with you tonight. Kyle and Todd are actually on break this week. And so they're going to be back hopefully next week on the show with us. But you can always be connected with us anytime, 24-7, 365, on our podcast at HopeNet360.com. Get connected on our show. Email us at Hope at HopeNet360.com and on our Tumblr page, csl.hopenet360.com. That is our Conversations Saves Lives blog. So we are glad that you joined us tonight. DW, how you doing, man? Good, good to be with you. Good. And uh, special guest tonight in the studio with us again, Kristen Jane Anderson. So glad to have you back with us tonight, Kristen. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. It's going to be a fun time. So, uh, Kristen, you know, again, just share a little bit about your ministry. You have such an incredible story, and a lot of us have heard it. Some of you, if you missed it, you could go back and listen on the podcast back in November when we first interviewed you. But uh, just talk a little bit about where you've come from, and uh, your your ministry reaching you. Um, incredible things are happening. And just share a little bit about what's going on with reaching you and, and uh, what's coming up this summer. Well, I um, have a ministry for people who struggle with suicidal thoughts and depression because I attempted suicide when I was 17 years old, and God brought me through that. I'm obviously still here, and I um, thank him every single day for still being here. And one of the biggest reasons I think he has me here is to reach people who don't know him, who are struggling. And so I have a ministry... Um, called Reaching Ministries. And just recently, I spoke in Milwaukee, which I haven't spoke a lot in Wisconsin, even though I've spoken around the country a lot. So speaking in Milwaukee was a big deal for me because it was at a public school. And it went so well. All of the students kind of like surrounded me afterwards and wanted to talk and wanted pictures and wanted to read the book. And then out of that, more opportunities came. I was asked to come and speak to the Milwaukee Police Department and come back to Milwaukee and do a public school tour. So instead of just speaking at this one public school, they want me to speak at like 20. And that is amazing and a blessing. And so we'll see what comes of that. But I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about the kids. Uh, A lot of these kids don't think they have a future. Even the adults around them um, don't know that they have much of a future because a lot of the young men... um, they said either die or end up in prison. Things just look pretty bleak for them, but I know that God has bigger plans. And so I'm excited to talk to them. So Kristen, you have, you have a whole ministry where, where you get to go into the public school in Milwaukee. You just got invited into several public schools. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Right. Okay. Now, is it possible down the road we can get a, a website information for her and that kind of thing? Because I, what I'm thinking is this is a phenomenal opportunity for somebody to get into the public spotlight and to be able to talk about loving God and talk about real issues and bring people to himself. So um, I would just like to, to encourage our listeners, you know, if you're listening and you think, boy, that, that is a unique opportunity, then you need to connect with her on her website and, and see how you can be a participant with her. Yeah, and I'm really glad you said that because actually on the homepage of HopeNet360.com, at the very bottom on the right-hand side, there are a few links. There's some for Nicolay Bible Institute, for Silver Birch Ranch, but then also for Reaching You because I, I see you guys as a, a very valuable partner in what we're doing here, both on the radio show but also in our community. There can never be enough organizations that go out and offer hope in different ways. And I've had that question a few different times. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to be a suicide prevention organization, although there, are some, there have been some really amazing doors that have opened up in suicide prevention. But the reality is, is we really want to instill hope in people. And so that's the idea of HopeNet. And so there's, there's really never enough organizations, I think, that really go and bring hope to the world, whether it's the local church, whether it's just organizations, ministries, things like the Cup of Joy 
which is kind of unique to Northeast Wisconsin. There's, so there are a lot of different, both local resources, national resources that just instill hope in young people. And so that's a lot of why we do this show. We instill hope in people, not just young people, but young adults, parents, grandparents, even people who are just struggling to find hope and meaning and purpose. And just the words that you always use, Dave, security and significance. Those are big things for anyone at any age in life. But especially what we do, we really want to inspire young people. That's a big part of what we do. It's a lot of what you guys do up at Nicolay Bible Institute and Silver Birch Ranch and the things that you guys do uh, up there. And so it's just, you know, all of these people come together and we all just bring really what becomes that network of hope. We all believe here on the show anyway that Jesus is our only hope. If you have him as your foundation, that's the strongest foundation that will carry you through anything else. Every other foundation you build on is really like building on sand. And that's even what the Bible says. It's just that way. If you build it on the money you have or the possessions or the relationships you have, you know, maybe you have a, a beautiful spouse or whatever. And so you're, you're kind of your God is your spouse or maybe it's your family or maybe it's your job, your career. I hate to say it, but all those things could just go away in an instant. Things could really change. And so when things really get tough, the one thing that I found, Dave, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Kristen, you have an incredible story of how God became your rock and sustained you through the hardest points in your life. So that's where we come from on this show. That's really where our hope lies. So if you're part of an organization or ministry that you want to get more in touch with what we're doing here to become part of that network of hope, we would love to talk with you more. And you can connect with us. Email us on the show, hope at hopenet360.com. What you were talking about was very important because it a lack of hope has all kinds of weird things that go along with it. For example, uh, uh, what we see evidently is somebody that loses hope and eventually they, they commit suicide, and, and that's obvious. But a lack of hope also causes bullying. A lack of hope also causes lousy marriages. A, a lack of hope causes people to get up every day and feel like there's no purpose in their day. And, and that can only go on so long. And, and they turn to try and figure out this significance thing in life. They feel insignificant which is something that causes people to, again, it kind of fuels the hopelessness. And before you know it, they're trying to find significance in, in, in what other people think or in their, their bodies or in their, their, their drinking or in their status or in their money. And, and you know, they, they'll find it empty every single time because God didn't make it that way. Do, do you know that, that people who are absolutely poor and have no status can be totally full of hope and enjoy life? I mean, it, it, it's possible. And uh, you know what I want our listeners to think about? Someone like Kristen, yourself, myself, others that we have on the program, we have all had life experiences. They need to go read Kristen's book. They need to go see her story, and they can go on the website and get that. But you know, the bottom line really is we will all learn the lessons of life either the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> but we will learn them. And, and that's what I've understood in my life. I, I can either learn it by watching somebody else. I can learn it from listening to a coach if I'm on a team, or I can learn it by getting into the trenches and getting beat up and saying, boy, that didn't work. You know, I, I can choose which way I want to learn it. And I am encouraging people. You know, Kristen here has a story. She's already gone through something. She has learned something. Go listen to her story and, and learn from it. And, and I would say the same thing about Jeff or myself. Even more importantly, I'd say the Bible has a story in it of people, real people, doing real things, who have made real mistakes, who have done really bad things, who have done really good things. Go learn from them. You know, why go through the mistake yourself when you don't need to? Yeah. Kristen, you've got some, some great stuff. I'm excited for this fall, actually. We've got a big suicide prevention walk called the Be the Light Walk here in, in De Pere, Wisconsin. And so you're you're going to be coming and speaking. When is that, Jeff? It's really the biggest, well, it's the biggest walk in Brown County as far as suicide prevention goes. The Brown County Coalition of Suicide Prevention does a walk every year. They've done it uh, as far as I've known, uh, the, at least the past five years. Um, but they've done a walk and they always have a speaker, someone to come and just share maybe a story uh, or just talk to us about a different topic. And so, Kristen, we've invited you to come and um, I'm part of the coalition just to come and to share your story and to, to be there. So I'm excited for that. Do you have some other things that are coming up this summer? Uh, there's some Christian music festivals that I'm going to be speaking at. Most recently, I was invited to speak in British Columbia. So that's pretty exciting. I'm Dude. looking forward to that. <laughs> that's cool. Canada. Um, yeah, it's like they're you know, large, largest Christian music festival there. So that's a new thing um, that I'm excited for. But I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to the fall as well, um, just because the opportunities in the schools just are becoming more and more important to me because I was in a public school and mm -hmm. 
nobody shared Christ with me. Nobody shared hope with me. Um, nobody shared the gospel. Nobody told me I could have a relationship with God there. So I'm very, very excited about the doors that are opening and the volunteers that are coming um, to help me. And Yeah, well, that's exciting. And definitely, if you're in the public school and you're looking for a really great speaker, Kristen is just a, a walking testimony. And walking, I kind of say figuratively, because your story does include not being able to walk. And so there's such a tangible thing to that. It's a difficult story, but yet God is using it to bring people to him and to show him that, you know, even when we try to take ourselves out of the picture, that sometimes it just, we end up finding out in those moments that God has different plans and that things just don't work out the way we thought they would after that. So uh, again, incredible story. Make sure to check out Kristen's website and we're going to have more with Kristen on the show tonight. So don't go anywhere. Keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Kristen, Jane Anderson in studio with us tonight. Glad you've joined us. Remember, you can always connect with us on the show. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or visit csl.hopenet360.com. That's our Conversations Saves Lives blog. And if you're on Tumblr, you might as well follow us there. Or if you're on Facebook, Twitter, we're also there at HopeNet360. And we are excited that you, a lot of you guys have joined our community and followed us and retweeted and shared stories and comments and all that stuff. So we love reading your comments. We love reading your stories that you send to us. And so feel free to share something that relates to the topic tonight. We're going to talk a little bit more about some big questions that people have in life. And especially in light of our last few weeks and conversations, we've talked a lot about death and about grief and then about hope. Last week, we kind of shared about hope and uh, Tara was so kind to be on the show with us last week and just talk about some of the things that she's doing, but also to just share hope. Because really, when it comes to death, when it comes to the end of life, and when we're faced with the reality that we may, we may not have a tomorrow, we start to ask those eternal questions, you know, like what happens after death? So we're just going to continue on and talk more about these big questions. And so guys, I just kind of want to open this up for discussion. And I would love to hear your thoughts on some of these questions. But so you have these, some of these young people, young adults, especially when they get out of high school and they start asking, you know, bigger questions. And one thing that I've wondered, you know, as I've been growing up and going through life and have a lot of conversations, why do you think so many people or some people are skeptical about the existence of God or just a God? It doesn't have to be the Christian God. It can just be a God, any God. What do you guys think? You know, when you say that, I think of a guy like Lee Strobel, um, who is basically a self-proclaimed skeptic atheist. He had three reasons why he was skeptical. Uh, number one, he really did not believe that a God created the world. And and so he thought that whole issue of creation, all that kind of stuff, was just a, a myth. And, and he thought science was, was, was proven, that kind of thing. The, the second thing he was skeptical about was this idea of faith was just strange to him. I mean, you, what, you got to trust something? You know, I mean, what does that mean? And, and the third thing that really kept him skeptical was he just didn't believe that Jesus could rise from the dead, that, that Jesus was really God. What's interesting, though, about Lee Strobel and anyone out there that's listening that is even remotely skeptical, I, I encourage you to contact Lee Strobel's website. And he used to be a Pulitzer Prize winning author for the Chicago Tribune. The guy is not, he was a legal, I think he's trained as a lawyer, actually. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but in the legal area. I think that's right. And, and what's interesting is, that he was one of the very few people I know who was just honest and struggled through this and went and talked to the, the sources of, the, of, of this, the scientists that really were teaching it at an Ivy League school level on you know, evolution against God. And he went and talked to them. And, and he went and talked to uh, people, the historians about Jesus. And what he ended up concluding was, God did create the earth. Wow. And, and Jesus was real. And he did die. And he came back from the dead. And this faith thing is exactly what's necessary for everything in life, whether you're sitting on a chair and believing it's going to hold you up or you're believing in the, the administration that's in Washington right now. I mean, that's faith. And, and what's interesting is that everybody has those components. We have to deal with those three basic questions in life. But what's happening is the reason there's a lot of skeptics is I think we just push it out of our mind and we don't take time to deal with it because we're busy 
eating and going to a party or watching a football game. Or do- so we just keep pretending that stuff doesn't exist until there's a tragedy in life. And when there's a tragedy, it's interesting. In, in, a, in a time of crisis, like on 9-11, there were an awful lot of people talking to God all of a sudden. Why? Because a tragedy came, and they had nowhere to turn. And, and really, I, I think there are skeptics until they begin to actually investigate. The reason there's so many skeptics is because I don't think we spend enough time really, truly investigating what's out there. Because if we do, I really believe we'll come to very similar conclusions. Kristen, as you've talked to young people, and especially you know, as you've gotten older as a young adult, have you found it that it's hard to talk about God with young people? Or do you actually find that people are much more open to talk about God after they hear your story? I find that people are definitely a lot more open to talking about, you know, about their stories, about my story, and and how they can have a relationship with him and what he means to them and everything like that after they've heard my story. In my experience, a lot of the times people are skeptical about if he exists and everything is because of the pain that they've been through. They don't know how to make sense of how there could be a good God if they've been through bad things. And I think that's a hurdle that most of the people I talk to have to get over. Hmm. And so how do you respond to somebody who's in that position where they're like, you know, if there really is a God and he's good, then why do bad things happen? How do you how do you address that question? Well, it's a really big question. It's hard to just answer in one conversation. But I know that God didn't create the world with pain in it. God did not mean for that to happen. He didn't um, want us to hurt the way that we do. Um, the only reason we do is because sin came into the world and we have something to do with that. We've all made mistakes. We've all made choices. And the more you know, we've done that, the more pain will come into our lives. But he sent Jesus to die to pay the penalty so that we wouldn't be separated from him, so we wouldn't feel that pain forever, so that we can spend eternity in heaven with him when we die. And so I talked to them a lot about how that will be the reality in this world. We will face pain. We will face struggles. um, But it won't always be that way. If you put your hope and your trust in Christ, you will have the freedom from pain, the freedom from tears, the freedom from that grief uh, in heaven. Yeah, You know, somehow I think we've, we've misinterpreted God to be a sugar daddy in the sky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's, it's believing that God is something he's not. I mean, to think that God is sitting around wanting to just sit there and take orders from me and make sure my life is, is, is what I want it to be and make sure everybody serves me, including him. I mean, that's not really an idea who God is. God is. And we have to discover who he is, not make him up. And I think when we make him up, we start to believe that he's this sugar daddy. And I, and I think we have to get over that. Yeah, there's that. And there are people that just say, well, there isn't a God. I mean, I can't see him. You know, I can't mm-hmm. touch. I can't feel. So unless I can feel, touch, smell, you know, experience this God in a way that's tangible, that's, you know, in a physical sense, it's just not true. You're just not going to convince me. And I can't think of all the different things that I, I have a, a trust level in or a faith in. You know, Dave, you talked about this chair. And sure, you can scientifically prove that if it's built right, you know, if, if the components are safe, if they're in alignment in a certain way, when you talk about physics and all that, then you can kind of boil down. The, there's some level, you know, that you can rely on this chair to hold you up. Well, there's no guarantees, though, when you're driving somewhere that you're not going to get into an accident. Right. You're not going to get a flat tire. You're not going to, you know, your engine's not going to quit. There are no guarantees. So there are a lot of things that are unseen that we don't really consciously think about, but that we just have a a base trust that we say, well, if there's enough gas in my tank, I'm going to make it from point A to point B. Well, there's a lot of things that could just go wrong in that time. And this idea of wrong, this idea of bad, you know, where did those things come from? So there's a lot of those bigger questions philosophically that we have to wrestle with and to really think about. I think we have to back the bus up here, Jeff, a little bit. Uh, Do you have a pen with you? I do. Yeah. Just hold it and look at it for a second. All right. All right, everyone on the radio. It's a Sharpie. All right, that's fine. Um, Picture a Sharpie, guys. Now, let, let me ask you this. Did somebody design that Sharpie? Uh, I think it just got shot out of a machine. Yeah, yeah. Nice answer. <laughs> but but did somebody design it? I'm sure they had to come up with the all the okay. chemical and, and everything in it. To yeah. make Does sure it have a purpose? It, it makes nice colors. Okay. Well, one does, color did, anyway. Does it have a manufacturer? Um, did somebody actually make it? Yeah, this one's actually, you know, I think the brand Sharpie, I'm pretty okay. sure. Now, Jeff, do you know who designed it and who made it? I don't know them, no. Then how can you be so definitive that there is one? Well, I'm holding the Sharpie in my hand, so... All right. See, I think we missed the question. Uh, you know, the, the bottom line is the universe and the human body is so much more complex than that Sharpie pen. Mm-hmm. 
and, and to conclude, to absolutely conclude that there is no one that designed it and no purpose. And no, with all the complexity that we see, I think those people that say they, they have not seen God, I think they haven't opened their eyes and, and looked. I agree with that completely. Yeah. You know, it's, it also begs the question, then, why are people so certain about a God existing? So we're going to tackle that question and more when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show tonight, Jeff, DW, Kristen, Jane Anderson, again on the show with us tonight, and we would love to hear from you. And we're talking about some big questions tonight. We kind of talked about why people, in the last segment we talked about you know, why people are skeptical about God, because I myself have had that same question, you know, is there really is there really a God? Am I really convinced of this? I grew up in the church, and, and I went through that time where I was, you know, you hear the, the phrase of finding myself or discovering who I really am as though there was something more that I didn't know or that I, you know, never really discovered about me, and so it, it's not like it's a phase. It's just a point in your life where you kind of ask those bigger questions. I think sometimes Christians or people in the faith are accused of not actually rationally thinking about their faith or bringing up hard questions or even finding the answer to some of these difficult questions. And we talked about why people are so skeptical about God. Well, I kind of want to ask, you know, why people are so certain about God's existence. Again, if they were listening to the last segment, they understood that I asked you to grab a pen and take a look at it. And, and I am convinced that just in the simple things of life, a strip of Velcro that I have right here in my hand, it actually had a designer and a creator. And it actually had somebody who manufactured it. You know, I, to believe anything other than that makes you a lunatic. I mean, so in, in many respects, something very simple like a strip of Velcro can, can show that, that there's something out there that we don't understand. In other words, who is it that designed it? Who is it that made it? I don't know. But if you're listening, you can write me. Then I'll know, I guess. <laughs> the, the, the bottom line really is, in the universe, it's the same way. When we look at the complexity of the universe, when we take just moments to look at it, we have to be awed. It is so far more complex than Velcro. I mean, it is so far complex. <laughs> so to, to think for a moment that there was not a creator or a plan is is lunacy. And and when you talk to people, it's like, no, uh, you know, I wasn't there. So you're right. None of us were there. So what we have to do is start relying on the evidence. And and that's what's really important. And, and science will say, good, let's rely on the evidence. And And what happens a lot of times is that's where the, when you're looking at evidence, if you're trying to make a point, you're, you're probably not going to understand the truth at the end of this thing. When you look at evidence, you have to look at it and say, what does it say? Not what am I trying to say with it? And that's different. And that was unique. I mentioned Lee Strobel. That's how he went into it and why I want to connect people with him. But the bottom line is there are two questions. I got my master's degree in science and education. And as I was talking to these scientists, they were very adamant about, you know, there is no God because everything happened accidentally. We're just all accidental blobs of protoplasm. And I want to tell you, you know, Jeff, on the HopeNet radio thing, when we're thinking about people who are hopeless, it's because they feel like accidental blobs of protoplasm. They don't get it. Mm. And, and the bottom line really is we're not. We were actually crafted, created by God. The Bible tells us that God, while I was in my mother's womb, he crafted me. He made me. Mm -hmm. And see, that's not an accident. What the scientists were, will try and say is, well, you know, the age of the earth, you Christians believe it was made in so many years. What, what they forget is a simple principle, that when God created the world, if you look in the book of Genesis, he created it mature already. He already created it with age. We don't know how old Adam and Eve were. We don't know how old the trees were. We just know that they were already bearing fruit because Eve grabbed some fruit. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means is that the, the tree was mature. So, so what God did was he created things that actually had the appearance of age and were actually older right at the beginning. So when, when a scientist comes to me and says this, this you know, mountain is 400 bazillion years old, I go, that's cool. You know, I mean, that's really cool. That doesn't violate anything in the Bible. There's a mountain there. It's this old. The rocks look that old. Well, they may be. I don't know how old God created that thing on. You know, another thing that they talk about is we're continually learning and, and uh, changing, and, and Christianity says the same thing. 
you know, Christianity or the Bible does not give us the, all the answers in science because the Bible is not a science book, but it doesn't give us all the answers in science. It gives us the answer on who created it all. That's it. Now, now the rest of it's just fun for us to discover. And I remember I was talking to a scientist once and, and, and I was asking him questions and he didn't believe in God. And I said, you know, and let me ask you a question. I said, what did you believe in your field, you know, um, the people in your field 200 years ago? Mm-hmm. And he, oh, he went on with a great explanation. I said, great. What did they believe 100 years ago? He goes, oh, man, it went a long way. <laughs> and I said, good. And, you know, what did they believe 50 years ago? Oh, man, you know, again, we, t- tremendous progress. And then I look at him and I said, so what do we believe today? And there's silence all the time when I ask a scientist that. <laughs> because what I'm telling them is, 100 years from now, they're going to look at you and say, all your research, all of your data, <laughs> nice work, but we've come a long way. Yeah. And I said, I know where you're going to end up with this one. You know, you're going to end up at the feet of God who made it all. I'm not against learning. Mm-hmm. I'm not against trying to figure things out. I'm not against mountains being a billion years old. I, I don't care. The bottom line really is, when we start trying to believe in ourselves apart from God, what happens is we become accidental blobs of protoplasm that have no purpose, no reason, and you wonder why there's depression and suicide and anger and, and self-centeredness that's rampant out there. Mm-hmm. I am a believer because I believe that there is a God. I believe the evidence all shows that he's there and that Jesus revealed himself. And, and because of that, I can be in God's family. Yeah. And, and I don't see any other path towards anything that I might call truth. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave, it just makes me think you should write a book about this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sure you've written a couple of them. Actually, you do have some really good ones out there. And Kristen, I would really like to hear some of your thoughts, too. What What makes you so certain that there is a God? Well, um, surviving my suicide attempt, sadly enough, um, I learned a lot through that. I mean, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing that I had to go through that. But mm-hmm. those were things that really helped me open my eyes. Before, I think I didn't recognize that God was as real and personal as he is because my eyes were closed. I didn't realize that, but they were. And n- those things, like specifics, like um, I lost five or I lost eight pints of blood and you're supposed to die if you lose five or I was run over by 33 freight train cars at 55 miles per hour and I should have been torn into pieces, but I only lost my legs. Like those are the things that helped me be like, wow, you know, like maybe God was in this. I got to the hospital in eight minutes. It's normally a 45 minute drive. So little things like that. But as I went through my recovery more, it was things that were even more profound in a way, like realizing um, that my prosthetics would never work like the legs I was born with. I was just amazed by the differences. I was like, wow, like God must have created my body because it did these things that no human could ever recreate mm. in, in prosthetics, like never, ever, ever. And as far as prosthetics have come, they're still so far from what God gave me initially. So those things are that, mm-hmm. you know, some of the really simple things that helped me realize how big and real he is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you shared that because those are things I don't know why it is, why it's this way. Why are people why people are so hostile to think that Christians, you know, essentially they, they just throw their intellect out the window when they make that what they think is a giant leap to believing in God or putting their faith in this higher power, if you will. That to me is like, well, it's kind of insulting because I'm still a real person. I still have a thought process. I have a conscience. I have the will to do what I think is right and what I think is wrong. You know, I can still go out and and do the things that, you know, like what the world really wants to do. I could still do those things. It's not like I've totally abandoned what that life looks like or, or all those feelings or emotions or what we would call temptations. You know, those things don't go out the window when you just, you know, become a Christian or you, you believe in God. That doesn't really change. The only thing that really changes is my outlook and my perspective and really what book I'm going to put my trust in. Because every one of us reads a history book. We read our, our math books. We solve problems. And it's like, you know, if one plus one is there, it should equal two all the time. And, you know, there are some that would maybe challenge that and say, well, one plus one could equal four if you had the right elements and knew it. I don't know how that would work, but, you know, without some kind of absolute I like truth, that kind of math. Yeah, I, I like that There's math no wrong too. answer, man. <laughs> There's no <laughs> wrong answer. I wish that would have worked on my calculus test because I really could have aced yeah. every one of my calculus exams. It would have been great. Yeah, try that in school. I tried <laughs> that when I was a kid. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, you know, that just to me, when I do math and when I learn science, you, you've learned to, to distinguish that there are some things 
things are just absolutely true. Like you can't change them. Like gravity, gravity might be a theory, but probably 10 times out of 10, if I was going to jump up in the air, I'm going to come down on earth unless something radically changes with our physics in an instant. That's what's going to happen. And so to me, that's like, there are some things that are just absolutely true. They just have to be because the evidence shows it. And just like what you said, Dave, there are things that are just absolute, like a beginning and an end. There are things that, you know, we can try to control and manipulate but when it comes to being born or dying, regardless of how we take those positions or whatever issues we want to make of those. We don't have a choice of who we're going to be born to. We don't have a choice of where we're going to be born. We don't have a choice of what year we're going to be born in. All we really have control of is kind of what we do with that time. So to me, it's like, well, I wasn't the one that thought up this plan for me to be here. Dave, you didn't have a choice. You didn't have a, a, a say in the matter of when you were going to go to Earth or to even be born. That wasn't a conscious thought you had. So all of these things are just, they're much deeper discussions that we could get on. But to me, it's like, well, there's got to be a beginning. And so the whole point of God and, and talking about if a God exists, to me, that's like, it's got to be at least a beginning, you know? And so we can talk more about this a little bit more in depth and we want to do that. And I would love to hear from you guys too. And one of the questions we're going to tackle when we come back is if all religions are the same, because there are a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different religions out there. And so we'd love to hear your answers on that as well. So we're going to pick this back up more when we come back on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. It is Jeff and DW. Kristen Jane Anderson is back on the show tonight. And if you missed the first half of our show, that's okay. We podcast every single show. And you can visit HopeNet360.com. And right now you can go and listen. Well, don't do it right now. But after the show is done, listen to some of our past episodes. Kristen was on back in November, and we've had her on since then, even more recently. So you're going to want to go and check that out. Visit HopeNet360.com. Also tonight, if you're going through something, if you're wrestling with some stuff, and as we've been having conversation here, if you're wrestling with faith or this idea of God and how God wants to have a relationship with you tonight, there are live coaches standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. So make use of them. They're there for you 24-7 around the clock just to talk about whatever's going on in life. And maybe you just need perspective and some guidance on a different thing going on in life. So it really doesn't matter. Just make sure that you know that someone cares for you and they want to give you some real good insight on what's going on in life and maybe share an experience they faced also that kind of relates to your situation and where you're at tonight. And I know recently we've had um, some a couple of real sudden student deaths here in our own area. And so we understand that death happens all around us. And that's one of the hardest things to wrap your mind around. And I know as I've talked to young people not too long ago, just about this recent one, it's just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this is natural. And you know what? That's really actually true. We weren't created to die. And so we've spent the last couple of shows talking about grief. Go back and listen to those two and grab them. Cause man, there's some really good conversations. Dan Harrod shared about losing their daughter at 13 months old. It was just, it was a huge shot in the dark. That was, that was not seen coming. And, uh, you know, the reality is, is sometimes those painful things happen to us, but God has bigger plans for them. And Kristen, your story is exactly that. God has bigger plans than sometimes we could ever expect or even imagine in our life. So we're glad that you joined us on the show tonight, guys. We've been talking about some big questions tonight. So stuff like why we actually are convinced that there is a God and even talking about why people are so skeptical about God, because there is that that understanding that we don't always see things that are around us. We don't always get these things. And sometimes even Christians assume that everybody just believes there's a God, you know, or some people think, well, it's just foolish to believe there's a God. So we're talking about these questions. We would love to hear from you tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. So tonight I want to ask you guys, what is, what is the point of religion? Aren't all religions just the same? You know, is it really even necessary? And what makes you guys think that yours is right or that ours is right? You know, our religions aren't the same. I've studied a lot about Islam, though, and I just can't believe how hard it must be to think that you're never going to be good, you know, that you need to fight to be good enough and that, you the you know, the more you pray and the more you do good works, um, the more God will love you because Christianity is just completely different. I can't imagine 
having a faith that was different than that. I can't imagine how hard that would be and how taxing it would be. And I just know that um, having a God who always cares, who always loves me, who always forgives me, who sees me in spite of my sin is amazing. And he, you know, he loves me no matter how many good or bad things I do. You know, he loves me no matter what. And so Hmm. Jesus says he's the only way to God that, you know, there's not many ways to God. And like Hinduism is different in that way. There's all different gods. There's many, many, you know, many, many gods. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the only way. There's no, you know, other God beside me. You know, it sounds real good to be tolerant of, of other religion, that kind of thing, but they oppose each other. They cannot all be right. And that's something people have to wrestle with. They're not all right. They can't be. Why not? You know, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So either he is right or he is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, but and, wasn't, and, wasn't Muhammad like the prophet of God? Well, that's what Muhammad says. And, and Muhammad has no proof of anything. I mean, if, if you were to sit there and tell me, boy, I had a dream and this is what I saw and I'm going you know, to take a bunch of wives and I'm going to do this and that, it, you know, I'm not sure about that. And, and the if, bottom line really is... that's right, though, in God's eyes, though? I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate here. Uh, you should be. It's the, you should it's be. the because, fastest growing religion in America right now, in the right. world. It is. And, and a lot of it could be just fear of, of what people um, would think of you. If you know much about that, and I know that on the other program that, that comes out of uh, Q90 at times, uh, Stand Up for the Truth, they have Elijah Abraham come, and he talks very eloquently about uh, the differences, and I, and I mm-hmm. encourage people to be educated. But, you know, there's, there's, one, there's a couple words that come to mind when I think of religions of the world. Uh, one is most religions are arrangements with an angry God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they are. They're an arrangement with an angry God. Mm-hmm. Like a divorce. Agreement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, Christianity is about a relationship with a loving God. That is hugely different. See, arrangements are um, like some people get married and they make an arrangement with their spouse. I mean, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that, you do this, you do this, um, I'll bring you flowers on Valentine's Day. I mean, they have this arrangement, and they think they have a good marriage. And they don't. And there's, a, there's so many people in the world that think, well, I'm having an arrangement with God. When you have an arrangement, what usually happens is you find loopholes in the arrangement. Because you're keeping the arrangement, but you find loopholes. It's like taxes. I have an arrangement. I live in this country. I get my streets plowed. I, I have public schools, so I have to pay taxes. But I am doing everything I can to pay as little as I possibly can, and to make sure that somebody else pays them, even though I want to look like I'm paying them and participate in all the good stuff. And that's an arrangement. You begin to make loopholes. And, and that's where I think, the, the, if you know the Bible at all, where the term Pharisees come from and that kind of thing, they, they had these arrangements with God. But Christianity is not like that. It's a relationship. And if they've heard us before, it's a relationship that's totally different. It's a relationship where, where God looks at Dave Wager and everyone else that ever walked the planet and says, you are somebody that is sinful and needy and you cannot help yourself, I will help you because I can. All you have to do is accept that help. And I do. And I, what I do then is I enter a relationship with a God who is not there to, to, to be appeased. He is there to love. And that is hugely different. And I would challenge anyone that's listening to us that thinks all of the religions are the same or there's blurry lines everywhere to investigate what God says in the Bible, to understand that this is a relationship that God wants to spend time with us, that he does not desire punitive action against people. And that's what makes Christianity different than all the other religions. Every other religion is trying to work themselves into a position where an angry God is appeased. Where in Christianity, there's no way to work your way into it. You, you are somebody who accepts the mercy of God, who desires to give it to you, and then live within the grace that he desires to bestow upon you. So I, I think that's the easiest way for me to understand the differences, Jeff. It, there is only one difference as far as I'm concerned. It's an arrangement or relationship difference. And that's really it. I think anybody that wants to really investigate that will find it. You can call it something else if you want. You can call it works and faith. I've talked to so many people who say, well, I hope one day that I'm, I've been good enough to get to heaven. And, and, and I ask them, where's the line? I mean, where's that line? And I, nobody knows, they tell me. Man, mm-hmm. you got no hope then. I'll tell you what, I will never be good enough to get to heaven. Never. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, I am a child of God because he made the arrangement. He could do it. He did it. I accepted it. And I'm a child of God. That makes Christianity different than every other human-based religion. 
Yeah, and that's really an important distinction to make. And again, it's it's a very logical question because that's that's one thing young people are really asking. Well, how do you know that Buddhism isn't right? I mean, oftentimes you get questions that are just way out, like they're just reaching for something. And I think it's a it's just a wrestling match. I think when we're when we boil it down, if we've grown up in the church, we we understand some of the the you know the basic tenets of our faith. You know, there is a God; He created the world. You know, we sin, sin under the world, and then from that, God had to essentially bring in His plan for salvation, and He did it in such a way that was pretty much impossible; it should never have happened. And when you look through the history of Israel and how God brought in Jesus through the world and all the prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill along the way. This one person that the Bible talked about who would be coming, that would be the Messiah, that would be the Christ, was a very specific person. And so when you look at the, the story of Jesus and what he did, and you actually study it out, you find that Jesus is so unique to mm. history. He is so... The person of Jesus, you couldn't write a more... really write a more random story in such a way, especially when people say, well, the Bible is just a bunch of like fictional stories. Like all these guys just wrote this this book or or they think that maybe Paul wrote the whole thing or Moses wrote the whole thing or something. And, or just a, a bunch of people took all of the, the past on stories from their generation and wrote it down in one sitting. And to be honest, that's just not true. It doesn't hold up to actual science when you look at it. So Christianity, all the other faiths, yeah. I mean, you could, you could live with this, the teachings of Buddha. I wouldn't really advise it because, again, the, the truth is right before our eyes, and it's in this person of Jesus. And so I want to talk more about this person when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, we're back on HopeNet Radio. Glad you joined us. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, our special guest, Kristen Jane Anderson. Always a pleasure to have you in the studio, Kristen. So we're we're just we're glad to have you tonight. Thank you so much. It's so awesome to be back with you guys and be talking about this today. Yeah, it's it's been fun, man. We've been having a good conversation, and if you've missed any part of it or you would just want to go and listen back to it, because there's, there's a lot of big questions we're talking about tonight, and you can grab the podcast after the show tonight at HopeNet360.com. Also, talk to a live coach if you're going through something and you want to talk more about what's going on in life. Visit HopeNet360.com, click on the Talk to a Live Coach button there, halfway down the page, or just the Help button on the top navigation bar. So, anyway, tonight we're talking about, in this part, I really want to talk about Jesus, because I think this guy is the most unique person in history. I've never encountered another conversation about any other person than Jesus. I've heard of Muhammad, I've heard of the Dalai Lama, I've heard of the Pope, I've heard of all these different figures in, in history, in religious history. But this guy, Jesus, did something that I think is absolutely impossible. And we talked about some of the prophecies that people foretold from him. And if you want to go and read Isaiah 52 and 53, it really talks about this coming Messiah. And the book itself, Isaiah, was written 400 years before Jesus actually came to earth. And so we're talking about a lot of big things. And obviously this conversation is not going to hold all the the facts and all the resources and all the the scripture to show a a solid proof. But it's a guide to help you start that conversation tonight. So, Dave, I want to hear your thoughts about Jesus and who this guy was and why do you think he's so unique in history? Do you think he's unique? Oh, man. You know what? Just even apart from the Bible, you can go back and realize that Jesus is different than anyone that ever lived. The, the thing is, we as a, as a people, any country of the world, they need to deal with who he is. He came. He died. He came back to life. There were 500 witnesses. There are secular, in other words, non-biblical authors and historians who record his life. The man lived. Now, what we have to do is deal with what happened while he lived. And we can ignore it if we'd like. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I used to hear newscasts on, on different things. And I remember listening to a newscast of a group of people, and I even forget where they were from because I was young, but they were denying that the Holocaust ever happened, you know, in Germany, that, that it never happened, that, that, it, that, that these things were just lies and fabrications. And I was thinking as a kid, no kidding, they actually believe that? I mean, we know what happened. We, we know what history said, and we understand what happened. But believe it or not, you can get into a group that believes something that's not true, and they just all get together and decide to believe it. We, we sometimes act as if our belief system is what makes something true or not. Mm. And that's not the way it is. Truth will stand no matter what I believe. Truth will win in the end no matter what. And here's what our listeners have to think about. Go back and investigate the historical Jesus. 
go back and look at who he is, look at the biblical account, look at the historical accounts, go investigate, go check out what Lee Strobel says on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lee Strobel, again, was that Pulitzer Prize author, and he he was a skeptic, and and he went out and investigated. He's got a whole book on it that says, here's what I found out. Yeah, he's really fantastic. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know what? Jesus is unique. You have to deal with them. You can say, I reject believing any of that. That's your prerogative. The truth of the matter is you just got to deal with who he is. And if you don't want to, one day you will because you won't be here anymore and you'll stand before him. I'm convinced of that. One of the things that I love about him is that he can sympathize with our weaknesses. That's one of the biggest things that yeah. uh, impacted me and my faith and still does to this day, that he understands what it means to hurt. He understands what it means to be thirsty. He understands what it means to have physical and emotional pain. And that was huge to me, especially struggling with emotional pain and depression, knowing that he could, you know, kind of sympathize with some of the reasons that I felt pain. And Would you say then that Jesus had compassion on those who maybe were depressed or who were sick or who were weak? Well, I'm sure that he had compassion. I'm sure that he had compassion, but I also think that he had painful moments himself. Even mm-hmm. as God himself, he felt pain. He felt a lot of the things that we feel. And that is yeah. one of the things that I just I just love. Yeah, what Kristen said is so true. I mean, I, I'm just thinking, wow, you know, Jesus, he, he was the guy who created all the universe. But when he came to this earth, he chose to come to a young girl named Mary mm-hmm. who would be misunderstood and, and to a poor family and to, and to be misunderstood and one day get crucified. You know, when Kristen talks about peace in life and finding fulfillment, finding significance, people have to listen. And, and God has given her a platform because of the things he put her through. And, and so she's got a platform and a very unique one. And, and just like Jesus, he did not choose to come into the, the world as somebody who, who was in a, a rich place and, and had all the food he wanted and was totally understood. And No, he did it the hard way. He did it. I can relate to, to him. He can relate to me because what he chose to do. Jesus, when he speaks, he has earned the platform to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Just as Kristen has when she speaks about, about having peace and finding fulfillment she has a platform because it's obvious that she's gone through some things. And I think that's one of the really cool things about Jesus is he didn't choose to to just do it in a way that was easy. He chose to do it in a way that was real. And that's that's a big difference. Yeah. For time's sake, I am going to just post this link that shares more about what it means to have a relationship with God because we talked about it last week and I want to go into what it means to live a normal Christian life. So for those who have put their faith in God, who not only believe that God exists, but also believe in Jesus and what he did to take the way, take away the penalty of our sin, that kind of begs the question then what the normal Christian life should look like because we have maybe an idea that, well, Christianity looks like one way. And and I want to talk a little bit more and, and kind of hear what you guys think. You know, what does the normal Christian life look like or what does the Bible tell us that the normal Christian life looks like? Well, you know, it looks a lot different in America than it does in Africa, mm-hmm. you know, and it shouldn't. When, when I went to Africa, I went to a place where I was speaking to pastors where they made $12 a year. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, those guys loved God, worshiped God, were... It was amazing to me to see how enjoy how they enjoyed life and how they enjoyed each other. And I mean, I was amazed. They had nothing. If you want to describe it, I think you have to go to Hebrews chapter 11, because that's where God says, if you really know who I am and you really want to live the way that you were meant to live, I'm going to give you some examples here. So I want to encourage our listeners to go to Hebrews chapter 11 and read it. Mm-hmm. And there's names there. And then go look at the stories. I'll just give you one verse out of there. Hebrews eleven six, And in, without faith... It's impossible to please him, for whoever drawn near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Very simple. Jesus says, you know what? Without faith, that, that's what should be the normal part of our life. And how does that work? Well, it's, it's real simple. If he's really God, and he is, and he really loves me, and he does, and he really has a plan and nobody can beat him, and that's true, then I just need to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I love the fact that God gave me something I could do. It's not like he says, I want you never to sin again. He he didn't say, I want you to stand on one foot for like 14 hours and jump up and down. (laughs) I mean, he didn't ask me to do that. What he asked me to do is just trust him. And since he's older than me and smarter than me and loves me, I can trust him. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think that's what the normal life should be, the normal Christian life. What the normal Christian life is, well, we have to compare it to the Bible to see if it's 
what it should be, I guess. So I, I'm confused by the word normal. And I guess I explained why. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, normal, it's kind of a relative word because to some people, such and such is normal. To some people, having two cars and a, a huge house is normal. To some people, there's so many different forms of normal. Let me ask you a question. Do you think when we face God someday, he's going to look at us in the context of the United States and our culture or in the world, in the view of the world and what was going on? <laughs> That's a loaded question, Dave. All right. I'll just leave it, and our listeners can think about it. Maybe they can all text us and tell us what they think or email us or something, I wanna, because I just wonder. Yeah, I want to pass it to Kristen for a second. I, I, I okay. to hear your thoughts. <laughs> she just looked at me really funny. Yeah, like, forget, you, forget you, Jeff. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I, my first instinct is that he's going to look at the world, that he looks at all of us equally, and that he's going to expect the same from us. Yeah, you know, I think we have such a, a convoluted picture of Christianity yeah. in our American That's a big culture. word, Jeff. It is a big word. I don't even know it's the right word, but should I just say we have a messed up view of Christianity in Western culture? I think we do. I Got think we it. have a very self-pleasing and, uh, and just pleasure-based, more or less, relationship with God or view of God. And kind of like what you call the sugar daddy of our lives, that's kind of the picture. What if we're wrong? Yeah, what what could possibly go wrong? Why should we ever have a wrong thing? Whoa. And so our, our whole picture and our whole concept in that, that misery index that you talk about, David, all comes back to this, what our expectations are. A lot of, you know, in our in our faith life. And the Bible, I think, lays it out very simply. And the Bible isn't just for Western Christianity. And I, I have to say that because I think people in America think we have this idea of God and that we're so blessed and we're so prosperous and we have these things that it we're, we're, we're better Christians than the rest of the world. That's totally not biblical. It's not even true. But the reality is that the gospel is universal. The gospel is meant for every people, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. It's not just for people in America to live in and believe by. So it's a bigger can of worms, I guess. But we're going to continue on this conversation, wrap up the show about the normal Christian life. And there's still time for you to get on the show. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Let's take a break, guys. Go to some music. We'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We got some comments, actually, on my Facebook a little bit here of some of the conversation we're having tonight. And you can get involved on the conversation. Visit HopeNet360 on Facebook or on Twitter and let us know your thoughts tonight. We've been asking some big questions, questions that we may have thought of in our lives and maybe we've never thought about in our lives. And maybe this is opening up some conversation that, you know, it might just need, you might need more than just this time to hear about it. And you want to go and chat with a live coach right now. Visit HopeNet360.com. You can also grab the podcast later on on our website. Right there, HopeNet360.com. Got a couple of comments about why people are so skeptical about faith and then also why people are so certain about faith. And Addy writes in and says, regarding skepticism, some people want undeniable proof. And if bad things have happened to them or to those close to them, they have, ha- they have a hard time believing a God of love would just let that happen. Uh, also, Julie says, I agree, hurt, pride, or both. And Sarah's chimed in and said, you know, after I've seen some things, she said, someone I know who used to follow Christ but no longer does said he couldn't follow or teach his kids to follow a God who was capable of sending people to hell. He wouldn't teach his kids that they were born sinners. He couldn't teach his kids that homosexuality was wrong. As for me, though, I am certain because I've seen many miracles with my own eyes. How could I doubt God after seeing a little girl's deafness healed, an arm grow to its correct length, and some poor in a third world country receive gold teeth? I cannot deny God ever, ever. I've seen so many of his miracles in my life and others. Or the woman at our old church who was healed of cancer overnight after we prayed for her. And I'm sure she could go on and on. But just like Kristen said, too, miracles that show up in our lives that are they're contrary to science or contrary to how we think that they should ever happen. Uh, those things challenge what we believe to be true. And even the most atheistic person, the person that says that God doesn't exist has some degree of theology or has some kind of a faith in life. 
not necessarily a religion, but just it's a set of beliefs in why we're here, why this world exists, what our purpose is, where we came from, where we're going. You have ideas of these bigger questions. And so Christianity, all Christianity is doing is giving you what is supposed to be a semblance of God's perspective on those questions, not necessarily good people's perspectives on those things, because the people in the Bible, as you'll find out, weren't always good people. There's a lot of messed up situations in the Bible. And when you look at the perspective of David, a man after God's own heart, had an affair, had a, had a relationship with a gal who was married. You know, you have Noah who survived this flood. You know, his, own, his family survived it. This dude was in his tent drunk, you know, passed out. So there's this, all these different messed up, dysfunctional sorts of families. And yet God uses this and he paints this picture of the Messiah coming, Jesus, and he paints it through all these messed up situations because God is just a, a masterful God. He creates masterpieces even in the midst of broken situations. And so maybe that's news to you. But tonight, I just want to encourage you. You've got life and you have something that you may be in a messed up situation tonight. You might just be in the middle of maybe family struggles or relationship stuff or a job that's totally nagging at you. God has a plan for that. And he's going to use those things. Jesus understood going through difficulties, understood pain. He understood sorrow. He understood loss. He understood being stabbed in the back by his own friend. You know, so all these things that we experience in our life, God has compassion on us. And he also showed us that he experienced those things. And a lot of times in other world religions, you get this idea of a God who is perfect. He's a perfect deity. You have to worship. You have to do so many good things to measure up to him. He's never had a bad thing happen to him because he's God. He makes sure he's safe. He's, you know, he's perfect. And you have Jesus who was perfect, but he experienced such emotions, such real things that unless you understood God's love for us, you wouldn't really understand why God would ever have compassion like that. You know, Jeff, when somebody wants to reject God, it's kind of um, interesting because what they've done is they've made themselves the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. In other words, unless it makes sense to me, unless I understand it, unless I, it is the way I want it to be, then they're rejecting that it can be at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that's pretty dangerous. Um, that's just a philosophical point, because my question to anybody who rejects God on the basis of, you know, I don't understand why he doesn't operate in the context of the way I think he should. <laughs> well, that's an interesting idea. The problem is, what if there is a real God and he is the center of the universe and you aren't? Mm-hmm. Now, everything then in your life won't make sense. And that's why people struggle for significance and security because they're living a life that doesn't make sense. They're trying to figure out, okay, since I'm the center of the universe and and I'm not, but since I believe that I have to, you know, get the pleasure. I have to do this. I have to do this. It's all up to me to figure these things out. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they're miserable. They go through midlife crises. They, they go through suicidal thoughts and depression. Why? Because they're not living the way they were meant to be. (laughs) Uh, Really. God is the center of all things. Dave Wager is not the center. And that's the way it has to be. I mean, and we need to correct that thinking or we'll be in trouble down the road. So, guys, do you think that Christianity is just a way to be happy all the time? No. No, I know. I I think that's something that I struggled with in the beginning because right after I accepted Christ, I, I wasn't sure how much things should change. I wasn't sure if my depression was going to go away overnight. I kind of hoped for that. I think I might have even expected that as time moved on a little bit, but I realized that it was still a process that I still had to work through some of my hurts, my pains, my choices. And my circumstances didn't really determine my relationship with him that I could still, you know, in spite of my sins, spite of my mistakes, inside of the depression or the suicidal thoughts still have joy in my, through my relationship with him. I could still have peace, but that didn't mean that I was always going to be happy. I I had both. You know, I had pain and I had joy. I had um, fear sometimes and I had peace. And so the more I worked through those feelings, yes, sometimes a lot of times I had more joy. And even to this day, a lot of times the more I work through my feelings, the more I have God's peace and his joy. Mm -hmm. But it's not just like, oh, I accepted Jesus. So now I don't have any problems. (laughs) So that kind of fits right into the normal Christian life because some people have an impression and maybe you came and you found God at a time where you were really broken, really hurting, and you looked at this as, well, if I just accept Jesus, I will be happy. I will be good again. You know, I'm, I'll be made whole. And, and the idea of being whole is kind of a superficial one based on uh, I'll just be happy. You know, I'll just have all my problems fixed. And while some of that's true, 
the reality is is that you know even if you were to choose another religion out there, a religion is not going to make you happy. Even believing in God isn't going to necessarily make you happy. And sometimes following God and following after Jesus doesn't make you happy because one thing Jesus talked about a lot was how he put his life down for other people, how he allowed himself to be used or abused in a way where it didn't always fit his schedule. I just think of some of the the moments that Jesus had. He was on his way to do something else and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, my daughter is dead. Come and heal her, you know? And and so he diverts his plan, what he was making time for, and goes into this person's house and does these miracles and stuff. So he always had times where he was in Interrupted. Um, he he experienced loss of one of his friends. He had Judas, who was one of his twelve disciples, one of the guys in his inner circle, betray him, stab him in the back, essentially. And you know Jesus knew that that was really part of God's plans. So there was a bigger picture going on here. But when you look at Christianity, when you and maybe you've experienced this too in your life that. Things just didn't maybe work out even as happy or as joyful all the time. That yeah, you know what I think people I think people need to go back and and get our podcast from last week or a couple of weeks ago when we, yeah. when we were talking about the definition of happiness. Often is messed up. It's mm-hmm. it's like happiness is the absence of pain. No, it's not. You can have pain and still be happy. That's where joy comes in. The word joyful, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're happy about the pain. It's not that you're joyful about the pain, but they coexist. And if somebody believes they have to kick pain out of their life in order to be happy, mm-hmm. they can never be happy. Yeah. See, what God does is he makes us conquerors. In other words, we can be happy in spite of the pain. Whoa. Now, that's, that's important. I think yeah. Kristen could attest to that. I still deal with physical pain um, on a daily basis. I have, you know, nerves that were damaged um, from my suicide attempt in my legs. And I had a really, you know, hard time dealing with that in the beginning. Um, but the longer it's been, the more I grow in my relationship with God, the more I can have joy in spite of the physical pain, obviously in spite of emotional pain too. But um, I just feel like it's such a picture t- for people to, a lot of people are surprised that I'm in pain all the time when they meet me. Mm. Um, I think when I look at myself, sometimes I'm kind of surprised um, how, how God can give me peace and joy in spite of being in pain all the time. Hmm. Well, we've got some links on our website, hopenet360.com. Click on the radio and topics tab and check out tonight's post. We're sharing some links there as well. And uh, we also have links on Kristen Jane Anderson and how you can get in touch with her and, and her ministry there. So we're excited. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being a part of our show tonight. For all of us, for DW, for me, for Kristen, thank you for joining us on HopeNet Radio tonight. We'll see you guys online and next week. 